What's up, guys? It is hot take without the hot take here. Nice monotone. Thank you. Alright, <laughs> welcome back to another Friday episode of... Oh, Ju- technically Saturday here. Technically Saturday. We had technical issues. We had some technical <laughs> issues, but welcome back. Um, Super Bowl time. We talk- Super Bowl we- Sunday. We talked about on Monday what each team needs to do mm-hmm. to win. Now we're going to give up our um, pseudo-analytical predictions today. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think is going on with this game? Alright, well, I think it's going to be probably one of the... I think it can either go either way. It can either be very high scoring or very low scoring. But I think the key here is it's LA's offense really versus Cincinnati's defense. Not yeah. the other way around, in my opinion. I think that for Cincinnati to be successful, they have to run the ball offensively because the front four is going to come after them. So the best way to protect Joe Burrow is to allow Joe Mixon to get running. So if they're committing to get to Burrow and blitz, then you see it coming. Um, I don't know if they can get to a shootout. I think it's going to, again, come down. I think it's going to come down to the kickers. Matt Gay versus McPherson. Yeah. Whoever can get the most points when they can get it. I think it's going to be so close, but I'm not betting against Cincinnati. I bet against Cincinnati all season, all playoffs. I think it's going to be 27-24 Cincinnati. That's how close I think it's going to be. I'm looking at... uh, I've got a polar opposite to you. So I'm looking at the Cincy's offense as one that's been very very good this this playoffs but they've come up against team like the game that was really telling to me was the was the Tennessee game uh-huh. Tennessee had nine sacks on yep. the day tying the playoff record and they still lost right that was mostly because of Tennessee's impotent offense mm. so if if LA lives up to their potential and plays well on offense they should win this game. Well, they have to run. Again, yeah. LA's going to try to run, and they're going to try to pass. So once you start set the run, you can play action pass with Stafford. I mean, I well, just, I yeah. think, well, here's my thing, though. They, the, the Rams have to play well on offense, because if they don't, you're, they're going to give Cincinnati chances. We learned that from the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. But if I think it's more likely that they will play well on offense than it is that they will falter on offense. So... I'm going to because Stafford. I've been very, very suspicious about him this the, um, this season. Mm-hmm. He's looked up and down. Yep. But this playoffs, he hasn't shown any signs of Pat Stafford. So I'm going almost, almost. But pick off last week dropped but by Jer- Jerkwiski Tart. So if he caught that ball. Who knows? It's different but conversation. I think my prediction is going to be the Rams. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. I think here's my score prediction. 35-21 Rams. 35-21? I feel like, I feel like Cincinnati will put up a good fight, but in the end, that defense, that front seven of the Rams will just be too too hard to stop on the okay. offensive line. Moving on. Okay, All right. Let's look at the next topic here. Uh, the next topic is Lovey, Allen, O'Connell, McDaniels. McDaniels. Uh-huh. Josh McDaniels. Not Josh McDaniels. Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels. Oh, Mike McDaniels. So okay. these are the coaching hires that have been happening. So, so Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Um, I don't know. I he's a good coach. And considering you he's said the Texans, no way, Bob McNair, no way they would go in that direction. No, no way. No, I I thought they. No, no. I mean, I said that about Flores. I said okay, that about Flores, okay. Flores, I said that about Flores because all the other stuff they have right. on their plate with Deshaun. Because Lovey already plays in there. Yeah. he's already part of the system. Yeah. I was I was gonna be like I was more inclined to believe they were gonna hire Lovey Smith over Brian Flores because mm-hmm. of all the stuff they have going mm-hmm. on. But I Lovey Smith, it's more of a it, I I see it as a 
a Romeo Cornell type because when they had Romeo Cornell after Bill O'Brien, he gave a much more calming presence to that team. Right, but I mean, so, Lovey, let's let's just break it down. Lovey is a good coach. Good coach with the Bears. Yeah. Took the Bears to the Super Bowl, and he was, mad I had, with Rex Grossman. And also, he was one of the lowest paid coaches in the NFL for years. Yeah. So, I think he can do a good job with this rebuild. The only way is up. Yeah. The Texans are horrible. They have they have good pieces. Davis Mills has shown promise yeah. as the quarterback. They've got they've got pieces, but they can they need to assemble a full puzzle. They have the third overall pick. They're probably going to take Kyle Hamilton, who's a generational talent, by the way. Uh-huh. So... It, they have places they can go, but they need they need to start forming a foundation. So Dennis Allen, who failed as the Raiders coach briefly, yep. now becomes the coach of the Saints. He was a defensive coordinator. Well, I, I did call it. They were going to In-house. promote from within. Mm-hmm. I didn't see them moving on after at, with a out out of house candidate. And they can after afford Sean to Hayden. say they can afford to say that. Look, you know, we're we're hiring yeah, in-house. Well, our situation is different for everybody. Well, else. I knew they were going to do that, so it wasn't it wasn't that surprising to me. Mike McDaniel's uh, to me for the Dolphins, they're looking for an offensive identity. Uh-huh. So, is it going to be um, the thing I'm looking at with this hire? Is McDaniel's going to be all that he's hyped to be, but or is he simply a product of Shanahan? Well, I mean, he's got he's he's got some pieces to play with. Obviously, you know, the, from the offensive end, he's going to try to work with Tua and keep him safe. I, it's a strange hire, but we'll see what goes there. The other hire is Kevin O'Connell, so he is from the um, McVay tree, yeah. and he is going to be the new coach of the of the Vikings. Um, you know, I like that hire. I, I do like that hire. Well, they already have an African-American general yeah. manager, so they're trying to say, well, hey, yeah. can't have it both ways. Yeah. They have Kwesi, who can do a good job right. building that team, but and he's very analytically inclined. But I feel like the the Raiders need some type of offense. Well, the Raiders. Vi- the, the Vikings. The well, Vikings. the Vikings already had offense. They just need to get better with that. They need they need better play calling on offense because look at what happened with with Mike Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't... He Horrible was, play calling. But he was a defensive coordinator. He's not supposed to be calling offense. Ky- okay. Kyler Murray, social media cleaning. Wiped, wiped off any connection to the Cardinals. I don't know what that means. I don't know whether or not he's angry at, you know, the management at the Cardinals. Let's look at the last game, Kyler. Um, he was horrible. He, he was horrible. So I don't... I, nobody knows what this means. And it seems he's going into the last year of his, of his rookie contract... I don't know what this means. This seems a bit peculiar to me. Well, considering how um, how the Cardinals have been really botching personnel decisions over the past couple of years, um, with still, how is Steve Kime still the GM there? I don't understand. But it. they they brought in. I I believe that it's not a situation that the Cardinals actually went all in to, to, to a lot of extent this season. I mean, they brought in AJ Green, they brought in JJ Watt. Unfortunately, JJ Watt got injured. Blew out his, you know. Well, it's it seems to me there is, it just seems to me there's a problem with a systemic problem with their with how they run their their ops and how uh, their football ops and how they keep faltering when it really matters. And to me, it comes down to uh, Kingsbury. He can't. If you look at the teams he's coached with Texas Tech. He is prone to second-half collapses in seasons, in games. Yeah, I'm not sure if it all sits with Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray's playoff performance, his first one, was dreadful. Oh, yeah. And he didn't play well. And then he threw a pick six later on. 
you know, it's just, I think it's very telling to basically make a statement like that. What are you saying? You saying you want to get out of Saint, go out of sorry, Saint, sorry, I almost said St. Louis. You want you want to get out of Arizona? I mean, yes, you're in a tough division. However, you know you have you have an opportunity to really make up for it next season. Yeah. Okay. So Seattle, don't know where they're going. They're going down the toilet. San Francisco, if Jimmy G's gone, do you really think you know Trey Lance is going to be that take that team next level? You have an opportunity to make a stamp here and correct it. So I think you're in the best possible landing situation, unless. You want to go to baseball. Unless there's something... Because, uh, look, he was a two-sport player. Unless there's something else happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Sean McVay tree. I, I guess I'm, I guess this is the new tree, if you want to consider. You know, you had you had the Bill Belichick tree. Yeah. So you had Joe Judge kind of walk back bum, into the Patriots. Bumbling around. Walking back into it, the Patriots as now an offensive assistant. Yeah. I don't know how that works. But, you know, you have... Throughout football's history, you've had trees. The Bill Walsh tree. So Mike Holmgren, Dennis, you know, the late Dennis... Uh, Dennis Smith. Or Dennis Smith. Uh, you know, those trees. Now you had Andy Reid tree. Matt Nagy, your favorite. Uh, Doug Peterson, your favorite. Now you have the Sean McVay tree. So Kevin O'Connell. You know, you have the coach, the head coach over at Green Bay. You know, Matt LaFleur. You have these sort of... Now new new the new breed. If well, you if you look at how um how well the Rams did in two thousand in the two thousand eighteen season, that was because of McVeigh. And you look at the people he was talking to: Zach Taylor, Matt Lafleur. Those guys are. Is it, it? This is the new trend. This is the new wave. Of course. I mean, and, and again, I think because it's McVeigh and McVeigh's success has been so phenomenal, and now other guys are coming into the fold. Um, you know, this is the new flavor, right? This is, and it's all about offense. Mm-hmm. So a lot of teams are going in that direction and getting these young, untested, untested, you know, uh, assistants. Yeah. Again, what does that mean for someone like Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich? I would say for those guys, if I had a chance to talk to them, go to college. <laughs> go to college. Yeah. That's what I would say. Go to college. All right. Uh, Super Bowl halftime protest. Well, now. I guess there's some murmurings, right? Ooh, that went off. Yep. This is a murmurings. You know, you got you got the ultimate hip hop lineup for Super Bowl. Yeah. Last, you know, this you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. Yeah. You know, with all the controversy surrounding, you know, the lack of effort by the commissioner, who's all who's automatically called it, saying that you know NFL has not done enough to get hired. That's all. No, his words don't mean anything. To of me. course not. So you wonder whether or not they're still going to decide to perform. My thoughts are, yeah. Yeah, because they're being paid millions of dollars. Right, it's a payday. If you, for any artist, performing at the Super Bowl is a benchmark. That's the, yeah. Is a yeah, benchmark. So if you're being paid, I don't know if they would want to bite the hand that feeds. And I know Eminem's got, like, he's been very um, liberal in his um, political views and his um his stance against racial racial injustice before, but I don't know if he wants to make this big step. If they if they're going to, it's it would be a statement. Uh, well, it would have to happen it, now. It, it, it would be, later. it would be a statement. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I guess it's just been murmurings around what what these artists should do, and and it, but know, it, it's up to it's up to them what right, they exactly. what they do. And it, again, it gets to the point where it's like, well. Where does my responsibility lie here, or is my responsibility lie there? And that's that's the question that they have to have to answer. All right, um, moving on. 
Tom Brady, one foot in. Well, you know, he's he's indicated, you know, sort of saying, you know, never say never. You know, six months from now, I might feel like I. Well, he's gonna play. he's gonna do a Brett Favre. I might feel like. Well, no, the difference is Brett Favre and Tom Brady are two different beasts because Brett yeah. Favre had both feet out and then started talking about maybe, maybe, maybe I stick around. And then in the background, you get Aaron Rodgers shuffling his feet going, what about me? Yeah. This is a different situation. Um, but, you know, I guess he's talking about how he'll feel after several months away from the game. Um, I, th- I honestly think he's done. I think my thoughts are that he's done. Cause I think he's had enough. Of the grind. Of the grind. And he doesn't need to do anything more. He's he has seven. established himself as the GOAT. That being said, interestingly, someone already had five Super Bowls before Tom Brady showed up. That was Charles Joe Haley. Charles Haley. Charles Haley. didn't even dawn on me. And those was posted there. They're going, wow, that's true. Like, he had five before Tom Brady was even well, relevant. Well, Joe Montana was considered the GOAT before Brady. Of course. And it's always going to be the next one and the next one after that. So, I don't see Tom Brady coming back. I see Tom Brady, you know, pushing his TB12 food and fitness and coming on infomercials and spruiking his... You know, wonderful self and hopping into his cryogenic chamber. I think he's gonna stay right where he is. All right, NBA trade deadline. It has been an interesting trade deadline. You I, I remember in 2020 we had sort of a really meek trade deadline. 2021 was a lot more interesting. This year has been very, very interesting. So let's start at the bottom: Blazers and Pelicans. <laughs> so. We had ourselves CJ McCollum, McCollum goes to the Pelicans uh-huh. along with Larry Nitz and Tony Snell. Yeah. The Blazers get Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nickel Nickel Walker Alexander, Didi uh-huh. Lozada, and a twenty twenty two protected first round pick along with two second round picks. Okay. I don't I, I don't understand this trade for the Pelicans. I genuinely don't get it. I don't get it. Well like, I don't I get, get it. I, I kind of get it. You get this is the thing now. You get CJ McCollum. Who can give you a twenty to twenty five a night if he's healthy? If he's healthy. Let me. I'm glad That's you. A, I'm glad you said it because I was going to say it. If he's healthy, now he's coming back. Now I don't believe that the Pelicans would have made this move if they didn't think that down the track he'll be healthy. So they're going to consider this, and you have to consider there being him being paired with Brandon Ingram, and, and hopefully Zion, a healthy Zion if he comes back. Who I don't know. If I'm the Pelicans. I sit him because right now you're ten games under five hundred. Well, they are sitting him right now. Right, and you're ten games under five hundred. You are sort of on the outside looking in, but you're only a few games behind the Lakers. That's saying something. Well, because that just speaks to how weak the Western Conference is this but, year. But um, I I think this is what the Blazers. You know that the Blazers are going to bust it up. So yeah. they started with well, trading Norman Powell, yeah, and then from there, now they moved on McCollum. So they're obviously they got, building around so Damian Lillard. In my Palmer. opinion, the Blazers won this trade. They oh, got Damian Lillard, sorry. They got a decent haul. I mean, Nickel Walker, Alexander, um, Didi Lozada, and the picks I'm looking at here. Um, Nickel, Alexander, Nickel Walker Alexander is a good young player. He he was one of the main guys at the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. If they choose to build around him, if they choose to pair him with Anthony Simons in the future, mm-hmm. that looks good. Didi Lozada still has some potential. Yep. And the picks, the, the first round pick is protected, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. No. Whether it's going to be like, it's it's lottery protected. But you the, can... You can and then you can use the two second round picks to move up. But this is the thing, okay? These moves, a lot of these guys who get onto the teams are expiring contracts 
and it's about creating cap room. Yeah. So teams are creating cap room with these trades. And Josh Hart still has some pedigree. Next. All right, another Blazers tra- trade. Another the, one. The Joe U- Ingles. So this time, the Utah Jazz. Joe, uh, uh, Joe is, But Ingles. Portland gave up Nickel Walker Alexander. They Alexander Walker. And the Spurs got Juan Hernan Gomez in a three-way deal. Yep. The Spurs get Thomas Sadoransky and a second-round pick. The Blazers get Joe Ingles, yep. Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. This was confusing. It's so, very confusing. So for the Jazz, I see why you wanted to move on from Ingles, even oh, though even, he even though he's a even though he's a fan favorite, he's. He's, he's going to be. On his he, knee. He's go, he's going into free agency this year. He's right. not going to be playing. No. He he's torn his point? ACL. So this move makes sense for um the Jazz. Portland moving on from uh, Alexander so quickly. I don't know. Spurs getting Hernan Gomez. I mean, you're getting a nice big guy, uh, big guy off the bench. Yeah, but again, it might be just a, a, mo- a move just to fill the bench yep. for now. Yep. Uh, Spurs also get Sadoransky. That's some nice depth. Blazers also get a second round pick. Yon. And a move filler. on. We know where we're going. We know. We know where we're building so, to. I'm gonna save. <laughs> I, I'm gonna save <laughs> the best this. I'm gonna save this one for the last what? because that I have, one? I have some things to oh, say about one? this okay. one. Okay. But we're gonna go with this Kings one. Oh, wow. Uh so we had ourselves a four-team deal. Who knows the what, King, what are they doing? So they got Dante so, so the Kings got Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson. Uh-huh. The Bucks get Serge Ibaka, like two future second-round picks, like and cash. I like that. The Clippers get Rodney Hood and eh. Sammy Ojale, and the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. The Marvin third. Bagley Jr. is probably kissing the ground and third. raising his hands. The up third. Going. The third. third. Marvin Bagley was thinking to himself. Thank goodness. Yeah. I get the heck out of Sacramento. Okay. So this I think this trade honestly makes sense for all parties. The Kings get themselves uh Dante DiVincenzo, who I like. Won a championship and the if he can if he can stay healthy. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, he can be a nice contributor. Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson are decent, are, are, are okay off the bench. Yeah. The Bucks get themselves a really good veteran Serge for the Baca, playoffs. Playoff won, guy won championships. Yeah. Yep. They get they, with the, with they the won a championship. Rounders. They won, and he gets. They also get two future second round picks, which will be useful in the future. Yep. And they also get cash. The Clippers. I'm loving this trade for them because they stack the bench with some nice, some good guys. Rodney Hood is great. I like him. Sammy Ojale, if he can, if he can give you maybe like double digits. That that's good for them, and the Pistons get themselves Marvin Bagley the third. He still has potential. Make no mistake. And if you pair him with Cade Cunningham and um, start to build around and, that, and the and the and the young pieces they have, Sadiq Bay, etc., they have themselves maybe a nice little core for him. We'll see how that works. All right, moving on. The Hornets get themselves eh. Montrez Hale for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. I'm liking this trade for Charlotte. Um, well, they want they want to get to the playoffs. Without having to play in, I don't know. I That's don't, why I don't know what Trez really brings just he's, he's ju- off the ju- just yet in terms of defense because they need defense. He's not defense. He's but, off the bench. He's but scoring. If they if they um, but the price for him wasn't too steep. Vernon Carey and Ish Smith aren't really guys that they were going to be playing. So. Honestly, if you're going to get a guy like Trez, that's the haul you really want to give up. Uh-huh. The biggest surprise for me, the uh-huh. Mavericks trade away Kristaps Porzingis to the Wizards for a package centered around Spencer Dinwiddie. So they traded and Spencer Dinwiddie so and Thomas the, the Wizards. The Wizards send Davis Bertans Davis in the Bertans, deal, along, and the Mavericks send a second-round pick. 
What the hell are you doing, the Matt? Wizards, the wisdom. Forget about the maps. It's, the maps are creating cap space. I Again, I understand. These trades aren't about people. Look, so moving Porzingis on was about cap space. And talking to Luca, saying, "This summer, next summer, maybe the summer after, we're gonna we're gonna aggressively pursue free agents look, for you." Look, I don't under really understand this trade because the maps have been playing well this year. Porzingis is back. Is slowly was slowly getting back to form. Now he was putting up nineteen and five. There's so a reason behind maybe it, I've heard murmurings that there was locker room tensions. Oh well, they so, got rid of the tension. So getting rid of this, you get Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a good starting point guard. Yeah, yeah. Davis Bertans has had a really terrible year. Oh well. So if he can, if maybe he can start getting back to form, that's another shooter for the match. Look, I think it's 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 more about the Wizards. The Wizards have blown this thing up. With the exception of Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma on the team, they've gotten rid of. They've got. They moved on from, yeah. from after Montrez, a, Well, you get yourself Porzingis, who can, if he's healthy, can, <coughs> can pair with when Bradley Bill gets back healthy. Can pair yeah, but with Bradley him. Bill's injured now. Yeah. We know that. But the big question would be, you know, is Bradley Bill? Is he all in on this? Because they they did this move, okay. They got four guys in for Russell Westbrook, and that hasn't worked out. And now they've blown it up again. So, you know, if you're Bradley Bill, you're kind of thinking, how much longer do I have to stay around in this franchise? Because they're trying. They're really trying. It's just not going. It's not, it's not, it's not nothing's working. working. So, right. do they just blow it up? Maybe. No. The big one. So, <laughs> the, every trade deadline, there's a big... Ben Simmons, uh, a, BS has moved on. So, the Brooklyn Nets trade James Harden... To the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Significantly less of a haul than the Brooklyn Nets gave up to get him. Because, remember, they gave up Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, who's yes. looking like a borderline all-star yes. this year. Yes. Along with three first-round picks in the future. So, I'm just... There's I've, two things to glean from this, if I might say. One is... Uh, Steve Nash is not a player personnel guy, so never listen to him yeah. about trades. Secondly, uh, Daryl Morey got Sam Prestied. Yeah, that's exactly what happened here. Yeah, you know, they the Nets said, "Give us you, know, you want him? Well, this is what you this is what we want in yep. return." So let's break it down, okay? Who does it help more? Because everybody talks about who, does, and no one thought this was going to happen. Yeah. Who does it help more? I feel like both teams get what they want here. For the Sixers so, right now. So for the six, uh, for the I think both teams get what they want here. So the um, 76ers obviously get their nice what two punch with Embiid and Harden. You got and Har- and Embiid's lo- been looking for that guy he can trust with the ball in late game situations. Uh-huh. Harden is that dude. If but, he's healthy, he's yeah. got a nagging hamstring. James Harden is not a hundred percent. He's not. The James Harden from a couple years ago with yeah, Houston, but he can he still he can still be that dude. He can still okay. give you thirty five and nine. So the Nets the, with their the move. Nets, um, Simmons, Steph Curry is no slouch. No, no, he I is know not. He's not Steph Curry, but his brother's yeah. pretty good. Andre Drummond is a nice guy to have. They needed help in the front court. They had yeah. no size in the front court. And then and and then and then you get yourself Simmons. This is the biggest question mark to me. So he's going to be joining their road trip immediately. So can he? He's going to be with um, the biggest thing for me. He's going to be with Patty Mills, and Mills has said, "I've always had his back. I will talk to him. I will help him out mm-hmm. with tra- helping him understand um, the the landscape of basketball." Uh-huh. So if Ben Simmons can he 
be there all all there mentally. Can he do that? The thing for me is he's gone from the fryer into the frying pan. If you're talking yeah. about Philly to New York, let's start with that. Yeah, he's like, also teammates with Kevin Durant, who is a curmudgeon for a young guy. He's a curmudgeon-y old guy in a young guy's body. Okay, and the other thing for me is, you know, you know, he's got a place now. He's yeah. ready to play. He hasn't played all season long. But and I guess the issue for me going forward is if you're the Nets. How much further are you going to go up in the ladder? Because yeah. in a short se- in a series that you're not have the home court, do you have to play on the road? You're going to yeah. see Kyrie more, and, than you and, see him and, and also Ky- Kyrie has also said he he's frustrated at the fact that he he can't play all the time. But that's his choice. But right. moving on from that, um, I think that Simmons can be if he can develop that sh- that pesky shot, he can be the best player in the league. And I've said it. He, said everyone it. said it, but he has the one. It. And the thing for me is, he's running out of chances to start having hissy fits, okay? He got traded now. Shut up and start skilling up because you can't just be the guy who doesn't want the ball. Even okay? though, if he doesn't want to shoot, they the, the Nets have a roster of shooters. I know, but so, at the same time, you're going to have to shoot sooner or later. Yeah. You can't always just be deferring the but, ball. Uh, what, How do we remember Ben Simmons in the low yeah. post? Ready to do something and gives it off gives it to, 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 to no, it was Thibel. He gave it, was, it to yeah, Batiste Thibel. But um, just around uh, moving away from his shooting, what uh, the positives that he gives to this Nets roster? He's an Speed. elite. He's an elite. Defense. He's an defense. elite defender. Defense. He's an elite defender, and that's what they need. They need defense, especially in the front court, uh, in the in the back in the back court. Sorry. Back court, right so back court. if they can, if they can really. Um, if they can play him properly, I don't think he'll be the starting point guard, but he he'll probably move to the four, so he can give them elite defense there while providing some amazing playmaking. But if he can get that pesky shot, I think this team can really certify themselves as a championship contender. Yeah, we'll see. All right, the five. Um, should we do it now? A couple, no. of, uh, a couple of things. No, I'm, we're happy, not going to uh, do happy it. Happy belated birthday to Matthew Stafford. Yep. Okay, he turns thirty-four, so. You know, no other birthday present that he wants other than to hoist the trophy. Yeah. Okay, so for you know So he's only focused on that right now. Well that's all you should be focused yep. on. Um happy birthday to Clay Thompson. Happy my it should have been in the seventy five. <coughs> yeah, of course. Alright. Bradley Bill is gonna have surgery. You know uh, that we, we did mention about this. It. You can um, mention the Kings now. You want to talk about yep, the Kings. Uh, we'll wait for that. No, but wait for the, what? the Canadians fired Dominique Ducharme. And Mark Bergevin. So they are really starting over. Um, the Canadians this year have been really, have been terrible. Have been straight terrible. But I feel, and that's because of the fact that this offseason, they weren't able to bring back a lot of their pieces. And um, obviously, Kokanyemi's gone. He, they couldn't bring him back due to cap concerns. And a lot of their players have been struggling. Uh, Shea Weber may not ever play again. Carey Price checked himself into rehab for not just um, substance abuse, but a knee injury. Mm-hmm. And as well, Nick Suzuki's been struggling. So this team is really, 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 really treading water right now. But they got the executive overhaul they they needed, and they got the cap. They got the cup run that'll give them memories for a lifetime. Okay. And right. they're not sticking to the same traditions. Their new president isn't French. Okay. Lastly, go off this. The the fabled what are you doing is back. 
Ah, Kings. It's about the Kings. Are you? What are you doing? What What the hell are you doing? Who, by the way, they have Tyrese Halliburton put this in quote. I put a lot of trust in Sacramento, and they just got rid of me. So well, there this, you go. This, a guy who actually wants to play in Sacramento. This, amazing. This trade. So the Pacers traded Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Now let's talk about the Pacers for a little bit. If I'm a Pacers fan, I'm ecstatic with this trade deadline. They got themselves Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy Heald is still a decent shooter. shooter. And they got themselves a good draft pick haul for Karis LeVert. So... And even though they didn't, they couldn't find a trade partner for Miles Turner. You can build around those. You can build around Halliburton, Turner, and Duarte. So I'm ecstatic as a Pacers. If I was a Pacers fan, I'd be ecstatic with this deadline. Yeah. But the Kings. What else is new? 16 years of playoff uh, of no playoffs, none. No. And this trade, I've said it before. I've said it again. I'm going to say it again. This trade has Rana Dibbe's fingers all over it. Mm-hmm. Vivek Rana Dibbe. And Kings fans are not happy. If you saw the Central Sportsnet broadcast when when all of those um, presenters were in the booth, you had Kings fans behind them with signs protesting. Someone said trade Vivek. If I'm a Kings fan, I'm rightly livid. I saw I was looking at the Kings um, Reddit page after the trade went down. It they were mauling, and for good reason. You get rid of a guy who you stumbled upon randomly in the draft with a ninth overall pick because he had no other place. You had no other direction you were going to go in. And you're really thinking Fox is going to be the guy? I don't know. Like, really? Halliburton has been one of your brightest spots for the past two seasons. What else has been on the Kings that is worth watching? If, like, if... I don't. I don't get it with this. With this organization, do okay. they just do the like? You're getting Demontis Sabonis, who you already know what his ceiling is. Yeah. He's a one-time All-Star, quality starting big man, but he's not going to be the face of a franchise. He's how old? Twenty-eight. This is this is the Kings' futility, in my opinion. Um, it's a franchise that's not going anywhere. They don't have an identity. I feel sorry. Uh, I feel really sorry for the head coach. Um, and it's no, it's actually their head. Their head coach is Alvin Gentry. I feel sorry for Alvin Gentry because he's on. He's got not. He's, there's. I understand the trade. Looking at it now, you're you're getting you rid had, of you had a plethora of guards, but you're trading one of your most most important guards. I know it doesn't make it sense. doesn't make sense. You could have traded any other guard in in like on a two way contract that you had. Oh. It doesn't make any sense. You get rid of one of your most exciting young players. And a good, a decent big man off the bench in Tristan Thompson, and one, and Buddy Heald, who may I remind you, came in the Demarcus Cousins trade. So as a result of that Demarcus Cousins trade, you get nothing. Oh well, it doesn't make any sense for this Kings franchise to be trading one of the guys they should be building around for the future for a meager return. Oh, they got a 2027 second round pick. In the bed. That's going to give them the next franchise face. Contract your franchise. All right. On that note, it sounds like an old man. We're going to wrap this show up. Yep. Our Super Bowl predictions are out there. Whether we get them right is another thing. On Monday, we'll have the aftermath, and we'll go through some of the key moments from the Super Bowl because I will be watching it very, very keenly. Um, 
This was probably our busiest episode in terms of big events. Obviously, we had the trade deadline. Yep. That's now passed. Stay tuned for Bowl. March 10th. March 10th. Sixers and Nets meet up in that game. Yeah. Interesting to see who's on the team then. Yeah, and the Philly and Philly's crowd, when Simmons come back, it's going to be... going to be That's going to be... We'll see. That's going to be... be is if they're in Philly, it's oh, going to be it. it's going to be temptuous. All right. Uh, if you're on, if you're if you're coming, coming from, from TikTok, TikTok, welcome. Yep. We do this every Friday AST or Saturday EST. We get Saturday AST yeah, now. Just relax. <laughs> and <laughs> and Monday AST. We get the Mondays. So we do this two time two times a week. We're always going to be doing it. Make sure to look out for sound bites, and we've got polls on there as well, so you can give your opinion. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.